Father, we worship that name tonight. Hallelujah. What an anointing is in this place. Hallelujah. Have your Bibles quickly. Grab them. Exodus chapter 1. Thank you, singers and musicians. Tremendous job. Say again, it is an honor to stand before you in this desk. The absent, absence of our great pastor. We love him. We lift him up tonight. Not feeling well. Pray that God heals his body. We need our pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 1. Some, a couple months ago, a dear friend of mine challenged me, began going through the book of Exodus, uh, following a series, commentary, and he told me at the onset of it, he said, he said, now there's a lot of preaching in it. Well, I didn't realize in the eight verses in the book of Exodus, God would reveal something to me, but here we are. Let's start in verse 6, Exodus chapter 1 and verse 6. love my wife, little boy. I want to say it's good to see Brother Jude and his sister Elena here tonight. Love this wonderful couple and what we're doing for God. Give honor to Sister Mayo also. I love my pastor's wife. Verse 6, and Joseph died and all his brethren and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly, exceeding mighty, exceeding mighty, excuse me. And the land was filled with them. Verse 8, now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. The help of the Holy Ghost here tonight, and I do need the help of the Holy Ghost. I want to preach on this thought that I might or that I may, excuse me, know him that I may know him. Put your Bibles down. Join me in prayer. Let's pray right now. Most important part of this service. Come on, let's, let's open our hearts. Let's open our minds. God is here in a special way. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your honor tonight. God, you're faithful. God, we're thankful for everything. God, be in our midst. For the remaining of the service, God, open the eyes of our hearts. Let us receive receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Anybody said amen. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of God. You can be seated. Brother Cam, if I could get a little more monitor, I'd appreciate it. This verse 8 here jumped out immediately to me. When it states there came and arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. I asked the question, how in the world did this king not know Joseph? Joseph, as they would say nowadays, was kind of a big deal. Not only did he save his own family, but he also saved Egypt at that point. We find while Joseph was in a prison that he was known to interpret a few dreams. And so the Pharaoh 
had some dreams and he was able to interpret them. The Pharaoh beckons Joseph to him and he begins to tell Joseph exactly these dreams that he had had. Verse 18 in Genesis chapter 41 says, And behold, there came up out of the river seven kind, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill-favored and lean flesh, such as I never saw in the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored king or kind did eat up the first seven fat kind, and they that had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as it at the beginning, so I awoke. Verse 22 tells us, I saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk full and good, and behold, seven ears withered, thin, and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them, and the thin ears devoured the seven good ears, and I told this unto the magicians, but, they, but there was none that could declare it to me. Verse 25, and Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of the Pharaoh is one God, is one. It's one dream is what he was saying here. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cattle here represented seven years that were good. The seven year, a good year, ears, excuse me, ears represented seven years of good harvest. There was plenty. But the thin cattle and the, the ill-favored and the empty ears that were blasted from the east wind showed and represented seven years of famine. And these things he spoke to Pharaoh in verse 28 says, what God is about to show or to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there arise seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall be known in the land by reason of that famine falling, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, he interprets these dreams, and the Pharaoh here goes on to tell us in this passage, and I'm trying to move quickly for the sake of time. The Pharaoh realizes the hand of God upon Joseph and his ability to interpret these dreams. And he goes on to say that in that seven years of plenty, go ahead and keep some of that good back and uh, establish a storehouse in which the extra and those seven years could be stored so that when the seven years of famine would come, it would sustain Egypt. Pharaoh was impressed. The Bible says that, uh, and this was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and all his servants, and he asked his servants, can we find such one as this, a man whom the Spirit of God is with? And so the, the Pharaoh, Pharaoh, he promotes Joseph. I don't have the time to talk really about Joseph's life. I don't have time here tonight. His excellent spirit and his willingness to navigate his life through every door that he never seen that would be open. The choices that, uh, or well, it wasn't even a choice. He had no choice. But his excellent spirit brought him through every door. He was elevated and he was blessed. And so here, because of his excellent spirit and because of his, his attitude and the, the character in which it was in him, 
He was able to interpret these dreams and not only interpret them, but with godly counsel, tell the Pharaoh how his country, Egypt, would be sustained. And so the Pharaoh saw that it was good and promoted him. Not only just promoted him, but the Bible tells us that Pharaoh took a ring off his hand and placed it upon Joseph's. And he took a gold chain and put it around his neck and he put fine linen upon him and he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him a ruler over the land of Egypt. And verse 44 says, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh and without thee shall no man lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. So again, I ask this question in verse 8 in chapter 1 of Exodus. How could there be a king that does not know Joseph? How in this world could he not know Joseph? So I, through study and through a friend, realized that this word here, know, it's not mean exactly, exactly what we would say here today, or knew rather, but it's translated, translated into a word, yada, which is simply, in essence, to acknowledge or an acquaintance or acquainted with. So you could read it in the original translation that he was acquainted. He had no knowledge, if you will. Maybe he had a knowledge, but there was only just an acquaintance. There wasn't the, the, the word that we know as knew. He did not know him because it's simply stated here tonight that you can be acquainted with someone and not know them. He, you could read it as, now there arose up a new king over Egypt which did, which did not acknowledge Joseph. Or read it as a new king over Egypt which was just acquainted with him. I've come to preach tonight simply, I don't want just to be acquainted with Jesus. I don't want to just simply have a a knowledge of him and, and, and not acknowledge him, but I want to know him. I want to know him at his core. I want to know him uh, for who he is and what he is. I, I, I don't want to be in the church and around the church and be guilty of not knowing who he is. Being acquainted with him, having a, 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 a slight uh, uh, relationship with him, if you will, and not truly know him. Rub shoulders with him in prayer meetings or uh, uh, speak to him in passing during services, but not truly know him. I am afraid that we are, there are too many of us that are guilty of coming to church service after church service, prayer meeting after prayer meeting, and not truly knowing who he is. We're, we're familiar, familiar with the move of God. We're familiar with the, the, the way in which an apostolic church, church should operate, but we don't know the creator. We don't know him at that intimate point in our life. There, it's just an acquaintance. I want to preach it out of our spirit tonight that I, I don't want to be guilty of just, uh, just kind of knowing him and kind of, I'm getting ahead of myself here tonight, but kind of just brushing the shoulder with Jesus and, and as he passes me by, I feel the anointing and I feel the tongue of the Holy Ghost here, but I want to know him. I want to know him so well that I don't have to have goosebumps, but I just know he's speaking to me in that small voice of his, the nudge of the Holy Ghost. I want to know him. In the stillness of night. I want to know him in the valley in which I may walk through. I want to know him wherever and wherever I may be. 
not an acquaintance, not just somebody that we, 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 yeah, we know who he is. We used to sing a song, let me tell you who Jesus is. He's the rock of salvation. <laughs> I wish I could remember all the lyrics. It's an old song. We could tell. Because you might be, you might sit, might be sitting there tonight and saying, well, I could tell you who he, who he is. I could quote scripture. I could, but do you know him? We could be guilty of knowing the Acts 2.38 message. We could be guilty of knowing the plan of salvation and being able to tell somebody how to be saved, but not truly know him. I want to be like Paul and how he wrote, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, that I might, may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made uh, conformable unto his death, uh, that I may know him. The beautiful thing about this this, this, this no here in Philippians chapter 3, it's not the same word as we read in our text Translated here, this no, you don't want me to try to pronounce it. But it's a prolonged form of a primary verb to know. It's an absolute, it's, it's, it's to allow, to be aware of, feel, have knowledge, perceived, be resolved, be sure and understood. Can I preach it tonight that I want to know him. I want to be not just aware, but I want to have a knowledge of him. I want to perceive him throughout my life, uh, through my day-to-day -day living that I, I, I just know he's there. I may not feel him. I, I, may not, I may not understand everything that's going on in my life, but I know I know who, he's, who he is, and, and I know who's in control because somewhere in, in my life, somewhere in my day-to-day -day life, there has been a time where I've met with him, and I've, I've spoken to him, and I, I've been intimate with him. I've, I've been vulnerable to him. I've opened myself up to him. And, though, and so in that, he's done that also. that I might know him. We find in verse, uh, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3, and hereby we know, uh, do know, hereby we do know that he, that we know him, that we know him if we keep his commandments. Verse 4 says, he that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected hereby. Now know we that are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. And hereby we do know that we know him. You must obey him. You must obey his commandments to know him. Let me just, let, let me get down to, the, I'm, I'm not going to be here long tonight, but I, I, I do know God spoke this specifically to me. You can't know him by only praying in pre-service prayer. If this is harsh, I love you. I'm not, I'm not saying anything with an ugly spirit or a mean spirit, but I come to challenge somebody here tonight. You can't know him by only talking to him at all church prayer. You can be faithful to the house of God and not know him. You can be faithful in his, in his tithes and giving of your offerings and not know him. You can even hang around the church and, and even play a part in the church and not know him. That seems absurd. I know who Jesus is. I know what he did. I, I know wh what his plan was. He created me and then I, 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 for, for relationship. I know all these things, but do you know him? Well, I, I know that he was born of a virgin. I, I know that he, he came and dwelt among men to make a way that I might spend eternity with him. But do you know him? 
These are, we're, we can't, we've got to stop being guilty of these things, of knowing scripture and knowing all these things. What good does it do us if we don't know him? To know someone means that you have spent time with them. I, I'm, I'm going to be kind of redundant here for a moment, but it means that you're, you've been vulnerable with them. You have allowed them to see who really you are. If somebody truly knows you, you can't just give them lip service or put a front on or a face to them. But somewhere the walls have come down to where they see really truly who you are. You, you, you can, there are people sitting in these pews here tonight that know things about people and you don't even know them. That doesn't mean you know them. That just means you're really good at listening to gossip. Somebody that can tell me something and have a list of things about them and don't even know them, I'm like, I learned that lesson. Somebody told me something about a guy, even almost persuaded me, trying to persuade me not to even go preach for this man. And I kind of, I ignored it. And my wife and I, we preached a week-long revival. And at the end of it, I thought, that guy that tried to persuade me of not going there doesn't even know this man. Is he perfect? No. But he had a revival church. And for seven services, we had some throwdown Holy Ghost church. But he, he didn't know him. You can, have, you can have facts. You can have scriptures. You can have Bible study time and hours and all these. You might be the, the slickest man or slickest woman out there that can give Bible studies and talk all day long and not even know him. You can tell them what they want to hear. You, you, you can give lip service all day long, but do you know it? I think God is confronting us because God's saying, I, I'm thankful that you're spreading the gospel. I'm thankful that you know scripture in and out, but do you, I want to know you. I, I want a relationship with you. I, I want to spend some time with you. How, how, answer this. I, I was challenged by an elder on a podcast just this week. How, how in the world do we think we're going to go to heaven and be able to be comfortable with somebody that we don't even know? If we can't talk to him here, if we can't have a relationship with him here, then how in the world do you think we're going to get to heaven and have some, just all, all of a sudden I'm going to be able to talk with him and give him all the time. we we got to stop using the excuse that we're too busy for God and we're, we're, we, are, we can't fit him in our schedule. Baloney. I've got to know him. I've, I've, got, to, I've got to walk with him. Like I said a moment ago, I can walk through a valley in my life. I, I can go through things, and I, I, don't, I don't question God. I, I don't even, it doesn't even come to my mind. Where are you at, God? What is going on? Because I know him, and I know that he sticks closer than a brother, and that I know that he won't put on me that I can bear. And that, why? Because I've spent time with me, and he's talked to me, and he's told me how much he loves me, and he tells me that I, I'm going to be there in time of trouble. Oh, I know, you can read it in the Word of God. You can, you can encourage yourself and say, right here, God, uh, David was encouraged over here, and this individual was encouraged over here. But if you don't know for yourself, there's something about hearing the voice of God. Son, it's going to be all right. But, but if, you, if, you, if you don't make yourself available to know him, to find him in that intimate place, then the, the voice of God is foreign. It's, 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 the, it's not even relevant in your life. Why? Because you don't know it. We're in a holiday season. That's all about the birth of Jesus, the birth of our, our, of our Savior. And how many people are guilty participating in such a wonderful holiday and not even knowing him. 
Stats tell me as I studied in prep, 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 excuse me, preparation of this message, 81% of non-Christians still celebrate Christmas. The commercialization of Christmas has warped and twisted everything that it was supposed to be about. It's become this selfish, self-centered holiday about what I get. Instead of realizing that this is about the gift. We've made it about all, all about the gifting without acknowledging the gift. I would challenge you this holiday season, father, husband, before you open a gift, before, before we even get into, into that, that, that realm of we're, we're opening gifts and, oh, man, I'm, a, I, I'm happy for this gift and I'm disappointed with this one. Why don't we talk about the gift that was given to us a long time ago that was born in a, in a major? Come on. Do you realize in the year 2022, I want you to hear me, that there was $936.3 billion spent on Christmas gifts. Gifts alone, that doesn't mean the, the trees and the, the lights and the decorations and all those things. Gifts alone, participating in a, in a holiday, a celebration, and not even being guilty of not even knowing who he is. We've got we've to we bring this thing all in full circle right back to what it's all about, and that's all about him. And I, I want my little boy to know when he asks, he, he, he's, he's asking questions already. You want to hear something funny? He asked the other night, why isn't Poppy Jesus? He's asking all these questions. I want him to know who Jesus is. He asked me, I think it was yesterday, was Jesus, did he look like this? I, I don't know, son. But somewhere, I want him to realize that when we get down in our front room and we pray as a family, that, we, that somewhere in there, we're getting to know who Jesus is. That in our homes, what he feels and he describes as peace. Oh, yeah, it's peace. But it's the peace that passeth all understanding. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Why? Why is it? Because we know who he is. I challenge us here tonight that we, we, don't, not, we, we, we don't just live this here in this, in this building and in our, in our meetings, in our, our conferences, in our, our fellowship with one another, but every day of our life. Why? So that we can know him. Acknowledge him. Everything that I have, everything that I, the, everything that belongs to me, it really doesn't, but I acknowledge that God blessed me with it. It's not, it's not because of my ability. It's not because of who I am, but it's because of who he is. I want it to be known. I want my son to know that God's blessing and his favor has been placed upon our life because we've, his mama and his daddy has tried to be faithful as we could be, and we've tried somewhere in our private life to know him. He came to this earth to make his, make a way that we could know him. He wants not only for us to know him, but he wants to know us. I know a few weeks ago, pastor preached. God had already been dealing with me about this. I talked to a few of the brothers in the church. This has been brewing in my spirit for some time. But in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto him, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? In verse 23, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That word knew there 
is the same one that Paul professed, that I might know you, that I may know you. That is the same exact word in translation. He wants to know us in that intimate way. Well, you could, you could argue that, well, if he's an all-knowing God, if he knows the number of hairs on my head, then that should be good enough. No, you're right, he does. But he wants to know you. And so when those two worlds collide of an individual wanting to know God and God wanting to know that individual, there becomes a relationship. It begins to develop. They begin to meet. They begin to, to uh, in a way, court and talk and open up. Tonight, there's someone here tonight that or you're so confused on this about how, how do I pray? What do I do? Well, do you, do you tell someone important in your life how you're feeling and what's going on in your life? That's prayer. I think we've made prayer, Brother Kazande, so complex that you got to use a certain tone and you got to speak in this King James Version of English and all these different things and you got to have the Shondo right and all this. But somewhere, if you'll just be real. Can we just be real? I mean, in honor of Ari Prado, real talk. Just have real talk with Jesus. And somewhere in that real talk of like, hey, God, I know you already know this, but I had a really bad day today. And I said something really dumb to my coworker. I know you already know that, but I'm telling you this because I want to know you. And God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I should have exercised the Holy Ghost within me to do what's right. Next time, Lord... I'll do my best to do what's right. That simple illustration right there is a prayer. Oh, that's silly. No, I want to know him. And I want him to know me. You, you say prayers, it's, 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 I feel so silly to talk about this. I know you've heard me use some of these illustrations, but just talk to him. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. I, I had, a, I had a, a man of God in my life, or I do have a man of God in my life that taught me how to pray. It was a cool thing. It was a very cool experience. And I used that template to this day. But he showed me in testimonies of how powerful prayer is. He needed a truck very badly. And so he told me, he said, Jared, I didn't start just praying that God would bless me for any other, any kind of truck. He said, Jared, I got very specific. And he said, God, I want this make and model, and this color, and about this many miles on it. And God, I just praise you and I thank you in advance for it. Because... He had not, or rather, if he would have not asked, he would have not had. And so he would ask, and I forget the time period. It wasn't all that long, really, honestly. But there came a knock on his front door, and a dear friend of him, of his, handed him the keys. Not to just any truck, Brother Charles, but the truck that he prayed for, make, model, color, miles. Oh, that's just a coincidence. That's just, oh, that, 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 you know, wow, thank God, no. It's because he knew him. And he boldly approached the throne of God. He went to that place, that secret place, the Bible talks about that, behind closed doors, that, prayer, that closet in which you can get so just one-on-one -on -one with God so he can know you. I love how Brother Booker puts it. 
He talks about the love of God. And it just follows us. And when we turn around this way, the love of God is shown because he knows us, because we've talked to him. He's blessed me here. And when I turn this way, the, because there's been a relationship in the favor of God, it's, it's, it's shown here. And it will follow you. Why? Some of you are stuck in this rut. And this is not about blessing. And this is not about possessions. But this is, this is really about a relationship. And some of you are stuck because you're like, why? I, I, I don't know what's going on. Well, have you spent any time with him? Do you know him? I gotta know him. I I I want to know him in the deepest way possible. I don't want to be guilty of talking about him and and and, and uh, professing that I'm a Christian and all these things and not really know him. But I want to know him in his power. I want to know him in his might. I want to know. Come on, can somebody testify here tonight? Can somebody help me preach tonight that there's just something about knowing him? There's something about when you get in a place of prayer and you say, God, you're not going to pass me by. You're not going to pass me by. The old song says, pass me not, oh gentle Savior. I hear my humble cry. Where does that happen? It happens in an intimate place of prayer in which you can know God and he can begin to know you. This seems so silly. It seems so simple. This all-knowing God, he knows who I am. He knows right where I'm at. But no, he wants relationship with you. He wants to know if you're going to stick with me. Are you going to ride with me in the dry times and in the quiet times? Are you just going to you're going to ditch me and, and, and try to fulfill that void in your life somewhere else? No, where somebody knows God. And when they have spent time with him, they'll ride with him in the dry land. They'll ride with him when it, the, tough get, uh, the getting gets tough. Excuse me. I, I, I just want to know him. No longer. I want you, I want you to, when you, when you begin to talk about him and when you begin to think about him, I want this message, not that this is profound, not that I'm anything special, but because I'm preaching this, no, because it's the word of God, I want you to question yourself, do I know him? I know what I'm quoting. I know what I'm singing. But do I know him? I want to know him like my elders did. I want to know him like the pioneers knew him. I'm thankful for the stories. I'm thankful for the miraculous, but I want to know him. Not just, not just lip service. Not just I know who he is. Not just, oh yeah, thank God he did it again. But I want to know, I want to know that God intimately, closely. Young people, I'm closing. Brother Jordan, will you come? Young people, you can't just know him through your parents' relationship. Young adult, you can't just know him casually coming coming to service, coming to prayer meeting. But I want to know him. I don't want it to be an acquaintance. I don't want it to be something I just, we rub shoulders. We all have acquaintance. We know people but don't really know them. But when it comes to God, this has got to go further than an acquaintance. The king knew not Joseph. He was acquainted with him. The reason that he was king was because of Joseph. The reason that he held a position was because of Joseph. He didn't acknowledge him. It was just an acquaintance. We're guilty of having cell phones and smartphones in our hands. We know who started Apple. But you don't really know him. But you're, you get benefits from it. 
the car that you drive. You could look up and find out who exactly, and you, you could, oh, that's who that is. And you could quote, unquote, know who started that company, but not know them. Mr. Elon Musk, we all know about him. We know who he is. We see his business right across that field. Some of people in this world, I want to drive one of those Teslas. It'd be kind of cool. But I'll probably never know him on an intimate level. But but we're we're takers. Who cares? The founders of our country, the freedoms that we, we still have. Oh yeah, we know who they are. But we don't we don't really give him any acknowledgement, maybe but once a year. But we're we're benefiting. Brother Oswald said it on Sunday. We're, we have the liberty and freedom of worshiping however we want in this country. I want to know him. Are you getting it here tonight? I can come in and feel the goosebumps. I can feel his presence. I can even, I can have tears. And I'm not belittling. I'm not being a smart oak. But I want us to realize what God's telling us here tonight. We can have tears. We can feel, the, we can feel his love. We can feel the Holy Ghost. You can speak in tongues. You can have the spirit of the almighty God living inside of you. And be guilty of not knowing him. I'm, I'm benefiting. Let me tell you something. It's a benefit. It's a blessing for you to go to this church. For God to call us and be a part of this church, it's a blessing and a benefit. I don't know about you. I don't just want to partake of it and take everything that I can from it. But here's the beautiful thing about this is that, yeah, I can be a, 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 a partake of it and I can, I'm, I can be blessed by it. But at the same time, I can take it home and get to know him. And in my home and in my marriage and in my family, I can have the same thing. It's all about knowing him. All about knowing him. Not just, oh God, I don't want to ramble. I don't, I, I want you to get this though here tonight. Not just getting the blessing and doing the huckabucka every once in a while, like we did Sunday here. Thank God for the Holy Ghost time that we had. And leave. Can I say it this way? We leave. We shut our, our door on our vehicle and leave and go eat. And Jesus is standing there. Can I can I go? Or, or is this just a one-time deal? Does this only happen on Sunday? God, I feel the anointing right. This is only happen on Sundays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and you tell me how much you love me and you tell me how much you want to uh, 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 just worship me and praise me and, and you tell me that you adore me but when, I, when you leave on Wednesday night all church prayer you leave me here We're not going to have an excuse on the day of judgment. We see it here in the book of Matthew. Well, we did all these things in your name. We cast out that, but I never knew you. I'm not, I'm not being ugly. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. I'm, I'm trying to challenge somebody that you can know him to that point. Knowing, knowing that I don't have to hear an audible voice to know what to do. No, I, I know him so well. I know the character of God. I know exactly what he would do in this short. Do we have to bring it back, WWJD? What would Jesus do? No, 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 no. I know him so well that I don't have to have that on a T-shirt or a wristband. But I know him so well that I'll make the right decision. And I, I know, no, I better turn around and not enter that place. And I better not look at that. And I better, come on. That's knowing him. Do are we so reliant on?
podcasts and, and TikToks and that kind of platform to encourage us to get us through the week from, uh, from Wednesday to Sunday? Or is there a relationship enough that we can go to a place of prayer and meet him and talk to him and say, oh, man, I'm having a rough one, Jesus. I, I know you know this. I, I know you've seen me, man. It's been rough. It's been time. I got laid off from my job and this is happening. I, I just kind this is the only place where I can find relief and, and peace in my mind. And so, God, I'm, I'm here because I want to know you. Some of you here tonight, help me, Holy Ghost. Some of you here tonight are, are on prescription drugs just, to, just so you can numb the pain. Get Just get by. That's not the will of God that we just get by. But if we'll have a relationship to where we know him, we're not just going to get by. We're going to succeed. Somebody that knows him are not walking in on Sunday morning with their head dragging, but somebody that knows him come in with a march in their spirit and a praise on their lips saying, I know I haven't had the best week, but I still know who's on the throne. I still know he's got it all under control. I don't know what you come to expect tonight, but I come to encourage you. You can have that kind of relationship. You can have that kind of walk with God that you can know him. On Monday, you can know him on Tuesday. You can know him. Oh, come on, help me preach. I wish you'd stand to your feet right now across this building. Oh, that I may know him. This holiday season, I want to, when you think about it, I didn't mean for this to be some pretty little Christmas message, and I don't believe it is. But he robed himself in flesh. He didn't come. He could have came any way he wanted to. He's God. But he came as a little baby. There wasn't any room for him. He could have made room. But he's born in a major. He was raised by common man. Dwelt among men. Here's the amazing thing about it. Brother Sessions, he dwelt among men. Fully man, but fully God. And they still didn't even know. got to the point to, he asked his disciples who do men say that I am hey if you want to know him if you want to know him like you've never known him before he will reveal himself but the only way that he will do it is if you'll be make yourself vulnerable and find a place and say God I don't want to be a shallow wishy-washy crisis-oriented Christian. But I want to be a Christian. I want to be a child of God that knows you and walks with you and talks with you. Come on. I open the front of this building here tonight. Like I said, I don't know what you come to expect, and that's between you and God. This is what God gave me. He wants a church that knows Him. He wants a body. He wants a bride that knows him. I wonder if we could come. Maybe you're here tonight and you're, you're, you're all good. You, you, you talked with God and you spend time with him. I thank God for that. I know they're here. But can we find a place? To, we could all do better. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never, you've never been in a church like this. You've never felt what you feel right now. It's an imitation of the Almighty God, the God that created you in His own image. Why? Some of you have questioned, why did God even create me? Why am I even here on this earth? So He can have relationship with you, so that He might know you and you might know Him. Come on. Can we pray for a moment? Come on. Let us all be challenged tonight. 
I want to know you like never before. Oh, God. Come on, raise your voice right now. Come on, help me pray. In the name of Jesus, come on. of knowing your spirit filling the Holy Ghost and not acknowledging it God I repent God I'm sorry Lord God I'm sorry for oh God just taking advantage of it and not truly getting to know you God, I don't want to just be a taker in this relationship, but I want to be a giver also. I want to give myself so that I might know you, that I may that I may know you. Come on, come on, pray in the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. Oh, come on, hallelujah. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Thank you. 
guarantee you they would say it wasn't the Sunday shout and the shout beat and the goosebump machine and the shondo and all that that's not what got him through it was it brother Martin Elder Oak Wynn, it wasn't that you knew how to praise him just right but that elder stands as a man of God today it always wasn't perfect he didn't always make the right choices any elder anybody that would be honest with you it's not because of your own your, your ability and your, your, your well doing no 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 it's because there was a relationship and I knew him and I knew I knew when I pleased God when I did what was right and I, I knew it when I displeased him but I didn't run and hide from him but I I met him with him and I talked with him I'm trying to encourage a young adult here tonight I'm trying to encourage a young person a, a new convert maybe you're new to living for God you're new to the, all of this it's all about knowing him it's all about spending time with him I'm thankful for the shout. We got the finest music and the finest singing and all Pentecost. But at the end of the day, when you're all alone and all by yourself and you got to make the right choice, the singing and the fabulous playing of music, um, uh, instruments, it's not, it's not going to help you make the right choice. But it's knowing Him I know what he would do. I know what he'd want me to do. And I want to please him. So this is what I'm going to do. This right here, what God has brought to our attention tonight is what will get us through anything. Anything. I know I said it, and I'll, I'll say it again. The Bible, it, it tells us that he won't put on us more than we can bear. I know right now you might feel like everything's crumbling and the weight of the world is on you, and I, I just don't know how. I do. It's in a relationship of knowing him. I wonder one more time before we leave here tonight if we couldn't raise our hands. Come on. None of us should leave here tonight with our head low. None of us should leave here discouraged. But all of us should leave here encouraged, knowing there's a place where, where I can find Him and that I might know Him. Come on. Leave here encouraged, knowing that there's always more. I, I'm thankful. Ask an elder here tonight. You never hit a, a point to where there's no more. But as, as you get older and as life goes on, there's always more. Ah, come on. I challenge a young adult to ask an elder here tonight, is there more? Is there really? Oh, yeah. They'll tell you all. Oh, when I thought I knew all about him, a new day came and he revealed something new. Come on. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could praise him as we leave here tonight. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, God, for coming. Thank you for, oh, making a way. I praise you in the name of Jesus. I praise you in the name of Jesus.